Welcome back to the Titty Typhoon, everyone. Welcome back to the Titty Typhoon in Ultimate Despair Reprise, a Danganronpa recap podcast going through the entire Danganronpa series. One, one murder titty at a time. One titty at a time. I am your ultimate titty host, Kyrie. I'm the ultimate fangirl, uh, Jennifer. I'm not ultimate at everything, but I was invited nonetheless. It's me, Jackie, your best friend. Yeah, your lizard friend. Your only friend. Your number one fan, and also I'm your mom. Who knew? I made a fantastic pot roast. You should come down and have it with us. Um, <clears throat> And we are covering chapter three of Super Danganronpa 2, Goodbye Despair. And this one was a little on the short side, so we decided to do the whole dang thing. Yeah, the whole, the whole, the whole rampa and thing. Mm-hmm. Rampa and all. You know those goddamn rampas. That boy ain't right. <laughs> um, <laughs> that Monokuma ain't right. That bear ain't right. Um, so I was a little less enthused for this part uh, than uh. I was for last season's <laughs> double feature. I really, I, I actually really liked Hyoko and Ibuki, and I this didn't feel like I felt like they they, they could have gotten they could have gotten a little more value out of them before wrapping this whole thing. Right. Um. I feel. I also felt like Ibuki didn't really do as much as she maybe could have in the text. Like she was a little underdeveloped, which is fine. Like she doesn't need every not every character needs to be dynamic. Right. But um. Like Hyoko's arc, Hyoko had like a fucking arc arc going on. Yeah, um, Ibuki was kind of the Ibuki was kind of the same all the way through. Yeah, yeah, Ibuki was kind of the same all the way through, which is fine because her actual role in the story was more of like, you know, a an emotional like anchor for the party. So without her, it changes the whole dynamic. So I can mm-hmm. at least I can at least get that and be like, okay, that's like. Uh, the, that's the deal here. Um, so I pretty much called it was Mikan, like the moment that Mikan said, you know, if only I was watching over Ibuki better, because nobody who has ever said that hasn't been the murderer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, if only, if only I had given her better supervision. She accidentally stabbed herself fourteen times. Whoops, in the chest. Whoops, it was the worst case of suicide. She stabbed herself 14 times in the chest. It was the worst case of suicide I've ever seen. Um, I don't even know how she managed to reach behind her and, like, you know, stab herself in the back of the neck that time. That's wacky. Um, anyway, I'm totally innocent. I've Completely. never killed anybody in my entire life. No one. Um, ev- never, ever. Never, ever. Uh, so, this actually, this 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 chapter had some good passages. Um I liked some of the narration text. Like there was a uh, one that very specifically, um, like was describing the the baton lighting going down. And it was described as like the sound, the like it sounded like the growl of a starving beast. Oh yeah, like, that's pretty choice. It was pretty choice. Like it was, I was unexpected. It was like I was not really expecting Danganronpa to drop like a line like that on me. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, I was, I was jiving with it. I was, yeah, I was vibing. Um, I, I have a particular fondness for the line of like, hey, the emptier your head is, the more dreams you can stuff inside it. Yeah, I feel like that really was. I feel like that made Akane actually kind of endearing in a way that she wasn't before. Like, yes, she's stupid, but she's kind of Ibuki stupid. 
and not like she's leaning into that Ibuki role, um, filling that gap, um, mm-hmm. which maybe not maybe not quite able to fit in her shoes. And speaking of not fitting in in the shoes, uh, Hyoko, um, dying this arc is especially kind is kind of fucked up, and it makes me really hope that I'm right about Unreality Theory because like her arc otherwise is like insanely be insanely bleak. Like having her go from you know everyone's enemy to an object of like universal pity to like corpse ass corpse, right? You know, without a fight is that's kind of that's kind of very bleak. Yeah, they kind of, in a way, they kind of like gloss over many of the details of evolving Hyoko. Like in this case, it's just sort of like, yeah, she's dead. Let's move on. Like, yeah, it was. Um, I feel like yeah, like it was very much. Um, you had to figure out why she was dead, more or less, and it was like, oh, she just was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Be conscious. Right right in the throat and it was done and it's like wow that's kind of fucked up frankly mm-hmm. yeah and it's good mystery writing just because you go in assuming that there's going to be a very specific reason why certain people were targeted when sometimes it's just like oh this person who really deserved better just happened to go into this room on the wrong night and paid for paid for it with her life yeah Yep. She was once again not like she didn't know how to tie her own sash. So Yeah, she... if only Hyoko wasn't cringe and fail. Yeah. If only Hyoko would just wear like a t shirt and shorts. Again, she could all get she it to gift shop. All she needs is a t shirt and shorts. All she needed to do was throw on a, a novelty t shirt, some big fucking jorts, and a pair of crocs <laughs> that looks dubiously like clown shoes. Um Bright red, bright yeah, and well, rainbow obviously. You got to get those rainbow Crocs. Obviously, those designer rainbow Crocs. Designer rainbow Crocs with the little badges that you put in them. Remember those? Remember oh, those, those were banging things. I have, yeah, I know. I, I still, I know people who still wear those. I know mostly nurses who wear Crocs. Those vintage Crocs. Yeah, food service workers wear Crocs a lot as well because they're non-slip. Huh. Who knew? I knew. You do. That's me. I'm the ultimate no thinger. Uh huh. Thing knower. Don't question me. <laughs> um. So. Yeah. So. So. Like that said. Um. This investigation, like as I said earlier, Mikan basically tips her hand immediately. Like, oh, basically announcing that she did the murder, and it was more about trying to find, um, exactly why, how, and you know like what her deal is Mm -hmm. and i think her deal is like what her actual deal was way less interesting than like how the text set it up right sorry i literally let me just let me just reiterate that because i did say that and then drop my phone into my can of (laughs) seltzer um i think that uh, mikan's actual deal was a little underwhelming compared to how they built it up because the way they built it up was actually really good. How so? Um, so, like, the entire time, it's almost, like, you, you can pretty much tell, like, Mikan is a prime suspect, but she's very meek and very, like, so she's flying under everybody's radar. Um, and, you know, of course, 
this whole uh, this whole situation happens. And then, like, at one point, you know, as you kind of close in on her and you kind of get to that uncomfortable, like, Mikan, I think you may have actually, like, killed these people. Like, are, did you do it? As you approach that, you know, when you finally hit it, she just goes from, like, you know, she goes from, like, her usual, oh, no, no, please, don't, don't accuse me to, like. Please, please forgive me. Yeah, to, like. Yeah, what's your fucking deal, buddy? Like, she gets aggressive at you, which is fantastic. I fucking love that shit. Uh, it didn't yeah. really go where I wanted it to, but I still really thought that it was good that Vcom was just like, yeah, you guys fucking suck. <laughs> yeah. There is yeah, some... yeah. Yeah, I did there... the murder. I did the murder. Did I do the murder? Really? Did... Yeah, no, you know me. I fucking did the murder. I got, I somehow duplicated the bags. There was no. There was only one bag. How the fuck could it be in two places? Once, you stupid <laughs> asshole. Fuck you. Yeah, I, I like how at that point everyone's like, "Wait, how do you know all these details about the video?" And she's just like, "Shut the fuck up. I know what I'm talking so, about." <laughs> so actually, here's a very important thing. Exactly, no people in the cast are like, "How do you know all these details?" Mikan actually asks herself how she knows all these details, and then tells herself in place of the audience. To shut the fuck up. She says, whoopsie, don't don't worry whoopsie, about it. Don't worry about the details, but there's no way you could prove, like, well, what got wrong? The camera angle? The Oh, that's not, you know, don't worry about how I know that. How do you know that you're right? Like, she very obviously did it, and she's just, and like, the, the challenge is getting her to admit it. I don't know why you have to get the murderer to, like, announce that they did the murder. I feel like that's really counterintuitive. Um, but, like, I guess it's just good drama writing to just have a, have it be beyond a shadow of a doubt. Just having the killer, like, confess to their crime is, like, a pretty staple of, like, Japanese mystery writing. Fair, but also I feel like, I, I feel like, like, it very obviously somebody could just sit down and be like, no, I didn't, I didn't kill, yeah, you have all this evidence that basically announces that I killed this person, but, like, I didn't. Nuh-uh. I think it's because all these characters feel a very personal bond with these people, so, like, when when they find, when it starts to point towards Mikan, everyone else doesn't want to believe it, and Hajime himself doesn't want to believe it, but he basically talks about how he suspects her because he wants to believe her, so even as he's putting the pieces together and it's looking like she's responsible they keep giving her outs like okay can you please just explain why it's not you because we really don't want it to be you and that just makes yeah. her spiral into this complete sense of anger and everyone's just kind of like oh this is this is really painful <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> i mean yeah that's the text of it but like my question is like there's no the game kind of leaves this big not really a big plot hole but like a big um what is stopping somebody from just saying no i didn't do it why do i need to prove myself to you i didn't you know and just sticking with it and just stonewalling you on it that said that's kind of not really a big deal um and i think the the whole having them confess to it is extremely is extremely um it's extremely good pulp writing like yeah, it's very it's it's very it's entertaining. Yeah, so. it's like 
I'm like not every... going to. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna cinema sins this. Yeah. Um, I I just know like if you know if you've ever played any of the Ace Attorney games, which this series like, um, definitely gets inspiration from. Like every like every um uh murderer in um the Ace Attorney series has these big detailed breakdowns and confessions and it's all very dramatic and it's that's kind of why it's there i think yeah no it's fun it, that's the reason it's there is because it's very fun to have the antagonist be like oh you got my ass you know mm-hmm. like to have a total breakdown like that's i mean that's the closest you can get to like very like to the verbal equivalent of like very dramatically doing like a finishing move on somebody like yeah there you go in a in a format like this as well like so it's like due to the format you know you can't have uh, hajime do the shun gokosatsu you know uh, which i've butchered the pronunciation of he's not going to be like die a thousand deaths and then have mikan you know take a thousand punches in like the span of one second because like this is not that doesn't fit within the text but but in the actual text like she can have a dramatic breakdown. He can, you know, say, you can't deny that you were the murderer because of this pivotal evidence right here, irrefutable truth. You know, big exactly. thing that he points to you. Yeah, yeah, that's the that's the big thing, and that's the kind of the format for this. Um, the closest you get is when you, the player, put together, like, the phrase, like, the theater bonus prize. Oh, like, yeah, uh, no, that is... That is definitely the equivalent of doing like a, a big fighting game combo or like a medium sized yeah. fighting game combo or yeah. rather a four hit fighting game combo. It's not a very large one. They just ask you to press four buttons. Yeah. Four buttons in the right order at the very least. Yeah. So you can't say boobam bag sword. <laughs> <laughs> boobam bag sword. You're never going to get away with it. Um. So a thing that I've been thinking about because I've been pretty aggressively pushing unreality theory um considering that komaeda and makoto share a voice actor if this is all a simulation is komaeda makoto's uh, avatar because like they share a va and komaeda is all about hope and like he's also very intently like fucking with the trials but like not really in a way that goes above it not really in a way that makes them unsolvable but in a way that leads hajime to the answer so like is is it like Makoto trying to like stealth mentor Hajime? Well, if, if that were the case, like I I feel like I feel like Makoto is not the kind of person who would get to this level of uh, like there's a specific way that Komaeda when his eyes swirl and he's just in the moments and all that. I feel like I, I feel like Bakoda wouldn't have it in him to do something like that, even playing it a role. That being okay, said, fair that being said, when I like playing this game, like I had a theory for a while going that like they were the same person. Yeah, yeah like, it's it's very purposeful that they made that they switched around um, letters in their name and uh, gave them something of a similar obsession. And the same voice actor. Conceptually, I see where you're coming from, but also I'm dying and romping right now, uh-huh. and 
we are essentially in a big class trial and there is no way I can tell that you're telling the truth and I'm not, you know, onto something big. So I'm going to disregard what you say um, <laughs> and tell you just straight up, maybe Makoto is a better voice, a better actor than, uh, than you give him credit for being, for being to uh, you two quote unquote Danganronpa experts. <laughs> <laughs> How do I know you've ever played Danganronpa and you're not just like, just going reading. along for the ride. Yeah, you're not. How do I know you're two actual Danganronpa veterans and not like fucking with me this whole time? Um, how do I know that I'm not fucking with me this whole time? You speaking, never know. Speaking of fucking with you, uh, there is something really funny. Like at the beginning of the case, when um Nagito is saying like, "Well, Hajime, you could have been the one that did it," and you have to like disprove it very easily that. You know, like that you didn't do the murder because you yeah. didn't see the stupid movie. Well, but, but that's that's like why that that was like when I wrote down. You know, maybe Makoto is uh, Komaeda, and this whole thing is him trying to, you know, get Hajime up to up to a level to surpass him so that he can beat uh, Junko too. Yeah, but I, like he. You don't even get the chance to respond in this particular thing. Like you choose your, you choose your evidence and stuff, and right as Hajime is saying something, <laughs> Komaeda chimes in with like, "Oh, don't worry, you silly. I know it couldn't have been you." Well, that's what I'm why. saying. Like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um. Th- okay. So that said, um, I I do like how Sonia was also like rather quickly made into a suspect. And then dismissed because, like, she told Hiyoko about the um, the mirror, right? In the uh, in the, uh, the music hall, the, mu- the quote unquote music hall, the music hall, the discotheque, <laughs> the discotheque, the um, normal venue. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so she told her about the mirror in there. And she's the entire reason Hiyoko died. And I'm, they managed to squeeze a little bit of, of angst and trauma out of that. Which, granted, is to be expected. But also, like, that was kind of good. I felt like it was... I felt like it very naturally, like, followed, you know? Yeah. And I like uh, Sonia is kind of beating herself up over the fact that she suggested the mirror and inadvertently led Hiyoko's death. Like, she feels a little bit of guilt over that, and she doesn't know exactly how to handle that. Um, also, early on, because we were still, you know, because this level of discussion, usually we bounce around a little bit, but, like, this level of discussion, we're still kind of uh, talking about the begin early on. I like how Hajime recapping everything, uh, the events, essentially he acts as a witness, with, Koma- with Komaeda being his interrogator, or rather, cross like, with Komaeda more cross-examinating him. Mm-hmm. Um... Which I, I thought that that's like it's it's a good uh, it's almost a reversal of their usual roles because usually it's Komaeda getting interrogated and like you know treated like a dog who has uh, something who has who has started chewing something while the owner is uh, behind <laughs> his back and can't really see. <laughs> that is a good like Komaeda. what do you have in your mouth? Drop it. Drop it. Drop it. Bad. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I did like how he pointed out the rope specifically during the investigation. He's like, 
uh, this rope seems pretty useless. Moving on. And then he's, he wraps back around to it during the trial. And he's like, bet you thought I was be telling the truth when I said it was useless, huh? No, it was actually no. very fucking important. <laughs> no, Komeida, I literally never assume that you're telling the truth. How dare you think so little of me? <laughs> um, but also, I kind of like that, like, he... It kind of reminds me of the first game that, like, Komaeda is keeping, like, a little of... Keeping a little bit of evidence from you because he doesn't really trust that you didn't... Or maybe rather that he... It's not that he doesn't trust that you didn't do it. It's that maybe he doesn't, he doesn't want to show all those cards right away. Right. And I feel like, that rhyme, that almost reminds me of like the atmosphere from the first game, because like the first game, the characters feel a little bit more like adversarial towards each other. Yes, absolutely. And here they're here they're more friends, and they're trying to get through this problem. But like in the first game, everybody kind of low key hated each other just a little bit, which was good, and they kind of made their friendship throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Um. <clears throat> yeah, here it's like. Komaeda is holding on to withholding evidence and withholding like testimony like because he's a prick because he's a prick and yeah, it's a him. lot of fun and it's a lot of fun and he like at one point someone tells him to shut up and he's like okay and he shuts up for a while that is and... my favorite trait Komaeda has hand down <laughs> you tell him to shut up and he does <laughs> I, I the fucking there you go like I now I know why everybody loves him <laughs> like how many men can you say that of <laughs> it's just, oh is it my turn to speak now no Komaeda it's never your turn to speak go back to your cage it's always um, funny to get a glimpse into his like his his reactions to specific things are usually pretty unpredictable like um how he'll react when the killer's actually found, because in this case, like, he's he's already somewhat familiar with, what's, what, with what happened to Mikan, just because he's been around her for long enough, and um, at, at one point in the trial, he's just like, you fucking disgust me. I hate you so much. <laughs> and it's because, to him, she represents like, the ultimate despair in terms of how she's acting. You can never tell whether he's going to admire, be disappointed by, or loathe one of the killers. And it's always fun to kind of tease that out over the case of a course, or uh, over the case of a trial, or, like, see that he reacts in a weird way and try to piece together, okay, something's up here. Why is he acting like this in front of this person? I will say a thing, like, I, I think, yeah, I think every. I think pretty much every member of the cast was in top form for this trial. It kind of makes me miss like Ibuki and Hyoko that much more because I feel like if if they got more chances to be like kind of in their end game states, more or less, yeah. um, they would be very. It would be a very. It would be much more entertaining. But like this is still very entertaining. Uh, the one thing I didn't like though uh, about this, and a thing that I just didn't like in general, is that like. The cast really shit talks me con, but like in ways that don't really track with her. Like Gundam calls her slow witted a lot, but it's like Mikan is literally never in the text portrayed as slow witted. I don't know where this comes from. And it's a kind of obnoxious because it feels like these characters are just being mean for the sake of being mean. But like 
He says that in her defense, like, oh, she can't possibly do the murder. She's too slow-witted and weak to do it. And it's like, well, first and foremost, weak works, but she's not slow-witted. She's just timid. Right. She's timid. She's not, you know, her deal is that she is skittish. She, like, her other traits are more or less secondary to this, that she is generally just extremely, like, extremely withdrawn and afraid of other people like afraid of how other people are going to react to her behavior mm. so like that's it's just the does, way she does call herself slow-witted as well it's like i'm a dunce i'm a slowpoke yeah she shits on herself which is also like a thing that like she you know she does like that but that's a thing that like other characters shouldn't be taking as gospel you know true like it seems a, it just seems wacky to me. Like it doesn't like it just doesn't track and it feels it feels a little bit like these characters are like at odds or rather not at odds with these character like the text that these characters are existing is at odds with the text that I'm reading. Is, right. is like what I could best say. Yeah. Um, and it's around that part too where like everyone is turning on Hachime because they're like what she helped nurse me back to health. She's She's yeah. a good person. You can't do this to her. So it doesn't and, really track when they're simultaneously saying, oh, she, you know, she couldn't do this murder because she's, you know, because she's a good person because she's she's a medical professional. She's, you know, she's too afraid to. And it's like, no, she's dumb as shit and physically weak. Like those don't factor in. You're defending her character. Yeah. Um, that said, that said, uh, mm hmm. I do like again. I I I I alluded to this earlier. I really like Mikan's change in tone. Yeah, I, I I really adored when you know, she kind of just. I don't. I again. I didn't love where the game went with it. I feel like the whole idea of. I like the the twist that she was suffering from the despair disease. Mm -hmm. I I thought that was cool. Um. I think the despair disease was dumb. Yes. Like from the, from a storytelling standpoint. But like the idea that, oh, yes, you know, she was in an altered state of mind. That's why she did it like that tracks. Um, I like I, I thought that was good. But like when she kind of or alternatively, even less that she was in an altered state of mind, more like maybe like the Mikan that you saw was a front was also a good alternative that they could have done. Because I, I, I think that like. That's kind was... of what they that's kind of what they implied, like near the end of like once she is found to be the killer like she yeah they asked like who was the macan that we were hanging out with that we were friends with she said like that macan doesn't exist it existed in the past and is talking about how there's like they were shaped by their school memories yeah and then you know yeah so that's that's more or less that's more or less it i think the actual i think the actual implication of that scene was more like you know if macan didn't have her school memories she'd be like the Mikan that we saw on the on for most of the game. But like now that she's gotten her memories back, now that she remembers, you know, the whole thing, you know, now she's in normal mode. Now she's normal Mikan, who is kind of a sociopathic like manipulator. Mm -hmm. But I kind of like that. Like I feel like we I feel like maybe we could have had more time with Mikan being duplicitous and kind of a piece of shit. Because I feel like that was pretty good. And I like I I I did kind of like the the whole like how she was kind of badgering you to forgive her when like you know it's it's not like ideal or like the idea is less that like 
like she knows that she did a murder and she's literally like telling you that she did a murder even though you even though she, you know even if you tell her hey so you did so you admit you killed somebody she's like oh well you can't prove it but she's telling you she's demanding you forgive her like i think that's that was a good bit um yeah like i think i if i could somehow get like a clip of it like her like the japanese voice actress for mikan does a really really good job of shifting between the multiple tones of mikan like mikan for 80 percent of the game is this like awa kawaiugu why kawaiugu we you know sort of voice but then you know. like the vocal shift happens during this case and it's pretty and she's just i yeah the vocal shift is really good because she sounds so over so over all of this like she just sounds completely sick of everybody around her which like it just oozes contempt like her whole thing oozes contempt and it's fantastic um in that regard like i i'm a big fan of characters who just i'm a big fan of characters who, who just hate everybody around them and like mm-hmm. not really rightfully so and the text knows that it's not rightfully so that they're being a prick but like it's good. What um, about the shades of like Celestia from the last game? Yes. Because I Celestia, Celestia was a, so much. Yeah, Celestia she, was fantastic. Yeah. Like she had similar vocal shifts like during her case and she was also the perpetrator of the double murder. Oh, it's that's like, true. That's true. Yeah. And it's like she also had an attitude of like completely over it by the end. Like, Does this mean the, the next trial is going to be a suicide? Next trial, like chapter four. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything. I'm not a Danganronpa expert. Oh, that's true. You were lying all along. I was lying. I'm. Turns out I was Nagito Komaeda, and I was lying the entire time. I thought Jen was Nagito Komaeda. <laughs> Who knew? See, see, that's maybe we're all, maybe the real Komaeda was the friends we made along the way. Maybe we were the real Komaeda all along. <laughs> Hello, everyone. It's me, Kyrie. Hey, you know what time it is. It's time for the shout outs. Thank you to Scanline Media for hosting this show. You can go to scanlinemedia.com for more great articles and podcasts. We have reviews up for Cook, Serve, Delicious 3 and Amnesia Rebirth, along with excellent, excellent podcasts like Mechanista and G, Neutral Game, and The Garnet Wager. And all that is for free, but if you want to support us, head on over to patreon.com slash scanlinemedia. Support us at $1 a month, and you get access to Oops All Anime, where we have recently covered Akadama Drive, the latest from the makers of Danganronpa. You get that episode plus 140 others for only $1 a month. Subscribe at $4 or more, and you get access to Scanline Tabletop, our actual play podcast, with the ongoing adventures of Starsung Distance and the Ghosts of Parliament. You can get more information at patreon.com slash scanlinemedia and scanlinemedia.com. Now, of course, shout out to Vetron for the use of music in the show. Be sure to head on over to youtube.com slash vtmprojects for more great remixes they have remixes from final fantasy pokemon and the legend of zelda along with great danganronpa remixes give them a listen again at youtube.com slash vtm projects last but not least thank you the listener be sure to follow us at you despaircast and feel free to send us an email at despaircast at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you 
Anyway, that's it for me. Next episode's homework is to complete the daily life of Chapter 4 of Super Danganronpa 2, Goodbye Despair. Till next time, catch you later. Danganronpa. It, it does feel like, like throughout the trial, because Fuyuhiko is a nicer person now, and because um, Hyoko um, got got, the other characters basically have to shift to several levels several higher levels of mean in order to make up for that. Like Gundam takes some snipes. Chiaki talks back in some interesting ways. Like the bit Chiaki's where... been a lot of fun. Chiaki, Chiaki, when she ate glue, I was like, wow. <laughs> but can we wow. talk for, can we, Jay, before we get back to your point, can we get to the point where fucking Chiaki eats glue? <laughs> she just like, glue right she, off the door and just, just chews down. It's just like, ah, oh, it smells like workshop chemicals. Then she spits it out, like, indignantly, like a dog that is... Not like... even indignantly. She just spits it out extremely neutrally. And I think that's the best part. Like, like actually, completely, she's more like, more like a, completely a... unfazed. Doesn't give a shit. This is entirely a normal thing to do. Don't look at me, Hajime. This is normal. And she spits <laughs> it out. And it's like, wow. You know what? The amount... she. That was of that was fucking weird, but you carried it well, and for that you get points. <laughs> She's like a cat spitting out of hairball. Yeah, no, she almost... <laughs> no. I had a cat who spat out hairballs, and that it wasn't like that. <laughs> what fucking kind of cats do you people have? Fucking psychopaths. <laughs> uh, she's almost perfect for this trial, but then she says troll fail <laughs> during the investigation. It's okay, she's like, allowed to be cringe. She's like 14. She's a gamer. True. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did love the bit where, like, Gundam, for whatever reason, this chapter and the trial is exceptionally mean to basically everyone. And when yeah, he's Gundam trying... was kind of a prick. What's the deal with that? Yeah, and when he's trying his whole, I'm going to insult you in order so you can explain something to me, act on Chiaki, she's like, oh, I see, you want me to explain it to you, right? Because you don't understand what I'm saying, right? <laughs> and Gundam is just taken aback. It's like, a bigger jerk? Impossible. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was kind of good. I, I do like when boys get put in their place like that. That's that's good. Yeah. yeah. That, was, that was snacks to me. There was something really fun about, like, Gundam and Kazuichi are having, like, a little back and forth, and the text just, like, completely ignores it in the next line. Like, Fuyuhiko basically goes, okay, anyway, let's move on. Um, so you know what kind of whipped? What kind of whipped? The, uh, the execution kind of was, was kind of extremely nothing, but everybody reacted like it was a normal execution. She just basically got a neat, a neat little ride in a rocket. We saw no gore. We saw no gore. It was like literally less gruesome than fucking. Um, it was the least gruesome execution we've seen so far. We didn't even see her body. Um, she just is just gonna go on a space adventure. She just goes on a space adventure, and everybody's like, "Oh my god, she's dead! Oh my god, the humanity!" and flying on this giant fist yeah flying on this giant fist immediately after getting horny let me tell you mikama was always was always horny i do like that now i do like that the um subversion this this chapter was that like 
in the last um in the last bit in in for the entire game up to this point she's been kind of the subject of a horny gaze but she has but she's just been uncomfortable and like this entire sequence this entire chapter she has been just dtf 24 7 and like it's making everybody concerned <laughs> it's making everybody uncomfortable she's making weird noises and we don't want like <laughs> hey nikon can you get off my leg thanks <laughs> uh, yeah no she's think, good who do you think her beloved is by the way um i don't even think she has one okay like i am reasonably sure that the that she wasn't suffering from like the remembering disease or whatever that it was frankly my eyes glazed over a little bit when it went into this when it went into the nitty-gritty of it i feel like it should have just been like you know she had deep they kind of shortened it a little bit because they were so in uh, like wanting to get its lore out. That's the thing. They it, fundamentally, I don't think it really mattered how long it actually was because like the core of Danganronpa is very good. Like the whole idea of it being like all these 12 people locked on an Island, they're going to kill each other. You know, they have, to, they have to like kill each other to get out and nobody actually wants to do that. And there has to be a trial, blah, 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 blah. All that is actually a very good base but when it gets into the whys and hows of why, why things are happening, everything falls apart just about immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, I fucking I do not care about this. Dis- I don't I don't care about the despair disease. I don't care about World Ender or the Future Foundation. I don't give a shit about these things. Stop telling me. I don't care. I fucking want like it, you just want to see teens be very emotional and kill each other. Yes, I. And you know what? The problem here is especially that, like, in the first game, when you talk, when there was talk of, when there was this sort of talk, like, you had characters who were tied to these things, and that's why they were getting brought up. Like, characters who were tied from these things to these things from the beginning. Like, so you had Byakuya, who was the heir of the Togami Zaibatsu. So when you hear about things happening to the Togami Zaibatsu, those are things that are happening to Byakuya. And, like, Fuck Byakuya, but like that contextualizes it in a way where you can have an emotional reaction like fuck Byakuya. Or mm-hmm. like, you know, when you find out about the, um, you know, how the world outside is destroyed, you just kind of have to hope for things to be better. Like, that's a thing um, in the first game that I felt was kind of not too great, not not the best executed but it still kind of mattered. Like it's still tied to the characters, but when they're talking about like the future foundation and world ender and there's nobody in the cast, well, I can't say there's nobody in the cast who's actually attached to it. I'm sure maybe somebody may be attached mm-hmm. to world ender. Yeah. They literally say there's a traitor in the midst. So they're attached to world ender, but like nobody's talked about world ender or the future foundation in any meaningful capacity. So the fact that one of the cast members has a, one of the, one of the characters has a, uh, a secret tie to this organization that we only know a little bit about doesn't matter. Like fucking, um, if like Gundam was the secret trader, it would matter exactly not. It wouldn't matter at all. It would matter exactly 0%. Uh, Mm -hmm. to the story because or to the emotional stakes of the story because like the emotional stakes are 
like the character relationships. Yeah, like the emotional yeah, the emotional stakes are all with the characters. And Danganronpa 2 is at its best when it leans into that and it's at its absolute worst when it doesn't realize that that's a thing that it's doing and it just fucks off into the woods to do another thing. And it's like Danganronpa, please, please get back on track. Like I feel like I'm wrangling like Sometimes I'm going through the story. I feel like I'm wrangling my own ADHD. It's fucking awful. Um, <laughs> but like somebody else has it. Um, but it's, you know, it's fine. It's, it's, it's fine most of the time. So I'm not going to gripe too much. Um, I just literally none of that info dump made sense. Mikan, please naturalize your dialogue and quick. I did like the ambiguity of what exactly your deal was though. Like if how, like, you know, she just didn't answer. I think they asked her a question. I don't remember what the question was, and she just didn't answer it. She was she, just laughing at them. She she gets asked at one point, like, oh, do you know who the traitor is? And she goes, yes, I do know. Fine, we got a good tell you. Yeah, she just... She, she just, just tells to... everybody in the cast to pound sand. <laughs> <laughs> it, fucking it fucking whips so hard. And I feel like Mikan should have just started being mean beforehand. Like, again, a lot of this stuff should just pop out sooner. Right. Sort of like um, it did for Celeste. Like, uh, every once in a while, you would see her anger um, flash up before it went back under. Yeah, like, I feel like Celeste had some moments where she was genuinely kind of a prick. But, like, all of those moments really hit because Celeste's entire deal is that she was kind of a prick. Like, mm-hmm. even, like, when she wasn't trying to, like, she was she was trying not to act like a prick for most of the story because like it was more advantageous to her. But like the moment things turned against her, she like she was flipping tables. She was telling you to eat shit, you know, fuck off, you know, which I fucking respect that. More power to her. Exactly. And the whole murder motive of I just want to afford a mansion where a bunch of actors hired to look like um, hot boy vampires wait on my every um, need and want is like yeah no that's fantastic <laughs> yeah um, Jen would you say that's a mood that is a mood for sure I think I think we said I think back in the first season of Ultra Despair Reprise we did literally describe it as a mood so Celeste gets elected president um, everybody Pokemon Go to the, goes to the polls, uh, finally. Um, and she actually, she gets pretty, she, she kind of gets the, she's pretty calm about the whole thing, and Hifumi said fucking the flashback, and that's why he died. And, uh, her motive, as she, well, she states that her motive was she wants to live in a European castle with a thousand vampire combat butlers, um, which is a big mood. Um, yeah, and, I mean, really, can anyone blame her? I, I don't Honestly, think that's, can. yeah. I'd like to double back and append that it is also absolute king shit. Thank you. Thank you, Celeste. <laughs> thank for you, being, Celeste. Thank you, Celestia, for being just a fucking champion with the best motive in the game. Um, on top of that, though, let's see. What else was I going to say? Um, just Mikan was fun. Mikan was a fun character. I feel like I feel like there were some missed opportunities, like a lot of missed opportunities, like mostly missed opportunities, if anything. But like the the shit that like she when it when it hit, it hit. Right. Um, 
like when you got some good Mikan scenes, you got some good ass Mikan scenes. I loved how when during her breakdown, like the camera slowly pans and like not pans, slowly rotates in on her or rotates out on her as well. Like they do a lot of fun camera tricks, like yeah. during her breakdown and during her mood swings. And it's really, really well done. Again, I said it before, but I really like how she demands that you forgive her. Like, yeah. how how pushy and, like, how much of a bastard she is. Like, I thought that was a lot of fun. Like, she just, you know, she's just in it. She's, she's, she's just, just, she's she's just says, having a normal one. She just says she's done. And she's done with all this. She has fucking <laughs> hung up her apron. She's going home. Uh, she is done, Steve. She's going to go home on a giant rocket ship. Yeah. Mikan died on the way back to her home planet. Yeah. (laughs) Um. So we get the we get we get the execution. We get the trial. We get the execution, etc. Um. And Monokuma eats some. Monokuma eats some beans. Well, he says his right eye is made of black beans. Yeah. Well, which is just (laughs) I hear. I hear he actually got uh, he got called out for eating beans in uh, in the in the movie theater while he was watching Cars too, and that's why he switched. That's <laughs> that's why he uh, he switched to become a uh, officiator for the murder games. Yeah, and meanwhile, Monami is out here eating moss balls, or I don't eat them. I just like looking at them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Monami is just normal. She's just having a, a normal regular time. I think you know, no, I was about to say, you know who is absolutely having a normal, regular time? Shitman. Shitman. <laughs> Fucking Nekomaru. Nekomaru. I was Nekomaru. so happy to have a trial without him. And then it's like, oh, by the way, you know who survived? And I'm like, no, no, I don't. Don't tell me. Mm-mm. I'm going. I'm going to go right back to. Uh, I'm gonna go right back to to eating the, uh, beans. To eating beans to the uh, the ghost zone. I am going to do exactly nothing um, with this deal. Uh, fuck this. <laughs> and we all. And you know what? He comes back as fucking Mechazawa from Cromarty High, but but HD. He kind of does, it, doesn't he? Yeah, no, he he is like if he, he's like if Mechazaba was a um was a stage one Pokemon, he'd evolve into Shitman 2.0. It's <laughs> Robomaru. Fucking Robomaru. The drill beard is a lot though. I you know what? I actually I actually kind of enjoy this more than I kind of enjoy this a lot. Like I really hope he's. I really hope this means that like we don't get any more shit comments, and he's just like this. <laughs> it's it is a fun setup too because like Madakuma is hinting that he's done something really fucked up the entire time. Like throughout the trial, there's a bit where <laughs> there's a bit where they're doing a roll call and Madakuma answers for Nekabaru um, with the long drawn out yell, and we were like. Oh, what does that mean? Oh, you'll just have to wait and see. And when he when the fin- when the trial finally ends and he directs them, Oh yeah, your friend's waiting for you at the beach. Oh, you left too soon. I didn't tell you what happened to him. And 
you're you're kind of set up for something really horrifying, but instead you get to this goofy ass robot, <laughs> while the rest of the cast is like, "What the fuck is happening?" I was reasonably sure he'd come back as like a Monokuma. Yeah, that'd be one way to take it, but him showing up as a robot is. Really <laughs> I am just... so sorry. I am so sorry, but I just got a notification from like I got that I got an email and it was from like it was a next door roundup and somebody just fucking posted on next door nothing in America is free as like the um as like the the title of it and then the fucking body of the message is nothing free nothing is free oh <laughs> Roseanne Nekomaru's Neko- body nothing is free Nekomaru's body came with a price they took his dick <laughs> oh fuck they actually did did they give him a robo bulge i didn't see <laughs> they kind of just i don't gave th- him a robot i don't think everything. they did i don't think they gave him a robot penis <laughs> i'm gonna look that up <laughs> oh dear <laughs> okay but hanging around for two fucking Go through those images. Uh, I don't need to see that. Don't need to see none of this. Good. Don't spoil yourself on the rest of the game. I just need to be sure. I just need to see if he has a penis. I don't care. I literally don't care. I am just here to see if he has a cock or not. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) I literally only care. I literally only care about one or two things. And one of them is Robomaru's like robot. If Robo is 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 Nekomaru Nidai in parentheses robot. Is he packing? <laughs> I think And you know I, what? He's not. Yeah. I I think you'll find though at the beginning of the next chapter, he is packing a few things, and those things are interesting in their own way. He's packing like guns. I guarantee he's got like a minigun in his arm or whatever or something dumb like that. It's You know what? No, he's gonna have he's gonna pop off a finger and he's gonna have like a bento box in there. <laughs> he's gonna be like Frankie from One Piece and just have soda streams like come from his fingers. From his nipples. From his nipples. <laughs> Let me tell you, this is exactly the sort of game to be like, oh yeah. Well, I'm a robot now, that means I can shoot soda from my nipples. Like, that's exactly the mid-2000s humor that this game would go for. Um, I, I do appreciate that Ro- that Nekomaru is just having the time of his life as a robot. Like, apparently. Yeah, actually, genuinely, genuinely, like, I, I think... He's like, like, oh, this old I think body! Maybe, I think maybe his bo- I think maybe Nekomaru's character has taken a turn for a better. Maybe getting shot was exactly what he needed. And if you told me that as the game first started, I'd agree with you. <laughs> Oh, Nekomaru gets shot and his whole deal gets fixed. I'd be like, yeah, you know what? That would fix his whole deal. <laughs> um, oh, so Nekomaru boy. is now a robot. He has no intestines. So the one part of him that that I fucking could not stand is gone. Thank God. Um, he's, he's no longer packing. No longer have to stare at that man's free ball junk. Um <laughs> He really was just, just, just letting it all hang. He was hanging the fuck out of that thong. Um, yeah. And now we are. Now, now he's returned from. 
he's returned from the rivers of hell as a robot. Yeah. Yeah. You know, let's listen. It cost an arm and a leg. Uh, but he's back. He is better than ever. Not to say that he was initially very good. Um, but he's just and, having a big old time. And he's having a big old time. He's he's not having a normal one. But like, then again, who is? Um, yeah. And I think the physical comedy of like just having all these characters very happy to see their friend again. And he is a cartoon robot is extremely funny to me. Yeah. It's like... Oh my god, I'm so glad you're alright. And he's just like, fucking, his eyes are headlights. <laughs> Sonia is screaming, like, bloody murder, like, as if, like, his body is mutilated. But in reality, he's just basically a beep-boop robot. <laughs> he's extremely beep-boop robot in a very funny way. I'm a big fan. I'm actually a big fan of Diana Rampa's cartoon robots sometimes. Um, but uh that is the uh I, I i'm reasonably sure i'm reasonably sure that's all that's all there is to say about that yeah um, any other thoughts on this chapter oh i i did like the whole detail where mikan created one locked room but made it look like it was a different kind of locked room like that was, addition, that was good yeah in addition to the in addition to the glue she snapped a drumstick uh, and put it near the door so when people busted it open they thought that it was like the killer was still hiding inside when that happened yeah like the case structure yeah, the idea of this... of being locked from the inside was very good like yeah that was a good fake yeah like i like conceptually the case structure of this one like it was a lot of fun to solve the mystery of it like even though like i partially knew the answer like, it was still fun to puzzle out, like, the pieces of it. Yeah, and there's something there's something really clever about the camera switcheroo that happens, where they, um, Mikan ends up setting it up so that uh, one room looks exactly like the other, so that she can pretend, she can basically pantomime out a murder that she's already committed, but in a different fashion. Yeah, that was, that was a cool detail. Um, big thing I enjoyed, uh, on top of most of this chapter, I was really not expecting them to get pathos out of Hyoko being cringe and fail, but like, I'm glad that they did, mm -hmm. you know, like I wasn't expecting it to, I wasn't expecting them to make that into like a thing that felt, you know, natural, like a natural evolution of her character, especially cause like, you know, I think we, I think I briefly touched on this, but like. You know, she's everybody's enemy, and that's played, like, not really super serious, but still, like, a thing that matters. You know, mm -hmm. it's played dubiously serious from the beginning. And then she's, you know, an object of pretty uniform pity, and that's played uh, almost, that's played as, like, seriously, of course. Um, but it ends up being kind of funny until it's not anymore. You right. know? Like, they just straight up make it, like, almost uncomfortable how depressing Hiyoko's life is and then she gets killed um and that kind of makes me really and I think I said I really hope that this that I'm right that this isn't actually like that this is actually a simulation because like that is a fucking shitty way to go mm -hmm. um 
also Ibuki's death also feels kind of like I think I said it feels kind of like an afterthought because you know she wasn't really as central as Hyoko as a character. She's kind of more window dressing y. Um, right. But she doesn't necessarily need it. She didn't necessarily need to be like super well developed. She static characters can still be good characters. Right. Um, let's see. I think it was very interesting that a solid quarter of the present cast just which I mean, that's just a Kane and Komeda, but still that matters, uh, had no fucking clue what happened at all. Like having to brief them was a very good um, was a very good twist almost to the case. Um, yeah, yeah, it did help. It also helped provide like a little bit of structure to the case as well, because yeah. Hajime had to explain what happened to. Um, like what happened or what his version of the story like at the beginning to Akane and Nagito. Yeah, it's I I think it definitely worked as a good um, means to rerun the story like or not rerun, but to like recap everything, mm-hmm. but like diegetically. Right. Um, what else we got going on? Uh you know, I thought Fuyuhiko was good this chapter, and initially I was going to say, like, it's kind of cute that he refers to everybody by their family name, and then I listened more to the to the dialogue that was taking place, and everybody refers to each other by their family names. Yeah, that is one thing in localization that actually works, is, like, Fuyuhiko referring to everybody by their family names. Yeah, I feel like, I mean, I, it was not really a thing that he was uniquely doing. But I feel like for someone like him, it's actually kind of nice. Yeah, like it's kind of it's kind of endearing because he's more formal now mm-hmm. that he's actually you know in charge, quote unquote. Yeah, quote unquote. Um. Okay, let's see. We have to. I feel like I feel like I have to come up with a fun jokey poll now that we're almost at the hour mark. Um. Wh- which remaining cast member? Um. I can't even say most likely to eat glue because Chiaki already, literally fucking Chiaki, did that. Chiaki literally eats glue and Akane is like, she's like, you can eat glue? Okay. Most likely to be convinced Rem- to eat glue. Remaining, ca- remaining, remaining cast members from most likely to eat glue to least likely to eat glue. Um, I would put Chiaki, of course, is out of the running because she has already eaten glue. Uh, Akane and Neko Nekomaru ain't eating shit anymore. He's just not able to eat, so I'd put him on the on the other end. Uh, and then, of course, Akane is a far end glue eater side. Um, then Komaeda, then uh, Hajime, and then um, I would put Gundam above Hajime. I think the man with the guy with the most, the only characters with dignity in the cast are Fuyuhiko and Sonia, um, uh-huh. so they wouldn't. I feel like normally uh, Kazuichi would uh, not eat glue. He, he kind of, I think maybe Kazuichi he has, would, as a child. Would, Kazuichi would do it like on a bet. Here's the thing. Kazuichi wouldn't eat glue normally. Like you would, he is probably when he was a child, he was like, hmm, this is glue. I'm going to put my tongue to it. Oh, that's gross. Um, <laughs> he would not eat glue normally. If Sonya said, hmm, Kazuichi, would you eat this glue for me? He, she wouldn't be able to finish talking. He had already eaten the tube. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, Hajime is someone who ends up when it, when asked, "Oh, do you want to watch this terrible movie or pay one point five million dollars, which you do not have?" He pays the one point five million dollars. So Hajime is going to get into blood debt with Madokuma to avoid <laughs> watching a shitty movie that he ended up watching anyway. 
<laughs> and then eat glue. Let me tell you, yeah, no. Well, here's the thing. Hajime is gonna eat Hajime is gonna eat glue because if he doesn't eat glue, Monaco is going to break his fucking kneecaps. <laughs> I, I do like the bit where they come back to the whole fact that uh, Komei the head of the movie and um Monokuma rats Hajime out for paying 1.5 million dollars for this terrible sticker and Hajime I do love that Hajime has to show him the sticker yeah <laughs> so it's just like yeah sorry I was born stupid and it's like yeah I was born stupid why would you do Hajime, you just spent one and a half million dollars not to fucking watch a movie that you ended up watching anyway. That's <laughs> generally one of the that was generally genuinely one of the better jokes Danganronpa has done. Yeah, and then fucking Nagito is like, seriously, you actually paid you paid one point five million dollars. It's like Hajime's like, no, shut up. Yes, I did, but shut up. And he's like, but I heard you coming out of the theater earlier. You said that you would have easily paid one point five million. And Komei is basically like saying into saying and doing are two different things, Hachime. <laughs> yeah, get out. Um. Okay. So, what are what is our fun jokey poll uh, this time? Um. I don't know. I think we got it. I think we established it. Yeah. Uh, what is who? among the cast who among the cast would also want to be who would want to be turned into a robot oh that's a really good one who among the cast would most want to be a robot um chiaki hands down i feel like i feel like if if you hold her okay we're gonna turn you into a robot she her first question would be can i play video games on myself (laughs) what's my rant what are my specs can I can I install Crisis in my eyeballs and just run run video games on myself? Can I come with Steam preloaded? Yeah, <laughs> and she'd be all for it. Um, Akane obviously not because she worked hard for her muscles. She's just mm-hmm. gonna be like, oh, you know, you can't turn me into a robot and take that all away from me, you, fucking prick. No, um, Gundam is. I'm already a robot. You can't. I'm already that. I'm already super cool. If you turn me into a robot, a robot cyborg, uh, you'll actually only decrease my power because I am already the strongest cyborg. And he has like, and he's a quote unquote cyborg because he's wearing contacts. Um, Let's see. Uh, Hajime Hinata is neutral on this. Um, Komaeda is leaning no robot, I think, because... I think Komaeda would say like, oh, I don't deserve to be turned into a robot. I think he'd say I don't deserve to be turned into a robot, but seri- but like secretly think it's fucking sick. Like hell yes, I y- give me rocket feet. <laughs> um, Sonia, uh, you know what? Fuck it, Sonia would be really for it. I feel like she'd. Re- I feel like I-, I feel like she'd be. I feel like that would be like because like her traits so far has been like you know she's been very princessly and blah 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 but also she's very much like a big into like wacky corny shit and like extremely pro like goofball stuff and she'd be extremely a goofball if she uh was given the opportunity to so i think she'd jump at like oh we can turn you into a robot she'd jump at that yeah and she'd ask to be like made into a can i transform (laughs) can i transform (laughs) Um, do I have a flight mode? 
Uh, and if she does, she'd be extremely jazzed. If she didn't, she'd still be pretty jazzed. Uh, Kazuichi Soda, hands down, he's the one turning people into robots. Um, doesn't even he, fucking... Would he want... Well, hmm, he, as the ultimate mechanic, would he want to turn himself into a robot? I feel like when you're the ultimate of something like that, like... Well, if you haven't already done it, then then like obviously the answer is no. Yeah, and also just speaking from experience working with a lot of computers, you come to kind of hate computers sometimes when you just work on them all the time. So I imagine I <laughs> Yeah, no. I, you know how they say never find out how a sausage is made? Yeah. Or something similar. If you love something, never look into it. I uh-huh. feel like I feel like like for instance, if you re- like for instance, if you really like eating food, or like if you eat, really like eating at restaurants, uh, never look into how re- never look into how much butter and salt and sugar gets put into restaurant recipes, um, because as somebody who has worked restaurants for uh, quite a while, uh, it, it is it is more than you'd it was it is more than you would expect and even more than you'd be repulsed by. Yeah. Um, but like, for instance, you know, you have programmers who like you tell them, oh, we're going to we're going to make everything run on the Internet. And they're like, please don't do that. That's awful. Have you, do you know how shitty computers are? They're awful. I feel like Kazuichi Soto would be, because he is a, the ultimate engineer, he would be like, oh, you're going to turn me into a robot? Listen, I don't trust any of my bodily functions to be handled mechanically. No. They break, I'm only the ultimate mechanic because shit breaks down and I have to fix it. Literally, I feel like that would be his his words. Is like, I am I am the ultimate, like, how do you think somebody becomes the ultimate mechanic? By fixing broken machines. I'm not gonna be a broken... I'm not gonna be a machine. Them shits break all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm the ultimate mechanic because I make... You know. I make shit work again. Because I have to. Because this is yeah. my curse. This is my Sisyphean <laughs> curse. my curse. Uh, yes, yeah, it's like... a task. I, I build a Roomba and then it falls apart and then I gotta rebuild the Roomba. And every morning, that's just my routine. And... That's just that's just Kazuichi Soda. No fucking wonder. No fucking wonder he's like so upbeat about being on Murder Island. It's a break from having to repair the the uh, the, the Boulder Roomba, Boldy the Roomba. Yeah, Boldy the, the, the bit where he talks about the um whole communication device he set up. He's like, look, it's a fucking miracle that we can even communicate from these two locations. Yeah. <laughs> like um, immediately, the thing on his mind about. Um, the material that he put together is how flawed it is. Which Diorampa character would be the worst cook? Uh... Terror Terror. <laughs> Terror Terror is written out of the... Which of our surviving cast? First and foremost, Terror Terror is the ultimate chef, and I can vibe with it. Maybe he is a good cook. That has no bearing on his quality as a person. I'd still shoot... I'd still blow his brains out in an instant. Ah. <laughs> uh... I'd say Chiaki probably is not a great cook. Like, I imagine she gets a lot of um, instant ramen meals and uh, things that you just throw in the she microwave. Eats glue. <laughs> she yeah. eats glue. That's what she does for stuff. She like she's like a goat. Chiaki's Chia- You know how people like how Chiaki's the goat. No, she is literally the goat. Like they, she eats the she eats the uh, the glue off of like tin cans and like the labels. <laughs> like she gets really hungry and she's like, hmm. <laughs> well, I don't really need this label on my NES cartridge. Sorry, Fire Emblem. <laughs> uh, she has a subscription to Soylent. 
she's one of those people who gets the soylent. She's one of those people who like gets the soylent subscription, posts on Reddit that her soylent that her soylent shipment is all fucked up, and somebody goes, "Hey, like four bottles are missing. For- you didn't drink them, did you?" Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I I did. Okay, you're gonna <laughs> stop drinking them, right? No. No, and throw them out? What do you think I am? Made of money? I need that money to buy video games. <laughs> There's a new season of Rick and Morty where they have Elon Musk on, and I have to have the box set. Come on. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if she watches Rick you know, and Morty. The Scanline Media favorite television show and guest star, Rick and Morty and Elon Musk. <laughs> Everybody loves those guys. You can find uh, us at youdespaircast on twitter.com. That's you despaircast, not we despaircast. Not your despair. responsibility. Said, uh, <laughs> that's despair. your responsibility. That's on you. You want to find us? You have to put in the effort. Yep. You can find we are a Scandline Media show. So go to scandlinemedia.com for more podcasts. You know the drill. You can find me at Kyrie A page on Twitter. I'm at JBU3 on Twitter, and most of my stuff is also on ScanlineMedia.com, in addition to Patreon.com slash ScanlineMedia. Which we did put up an episode on um, Akadama Drive, which is the newest thing from the creator of Danganronpa. So that's a hell of a show. Yeah, yeah. fucking whips. And if you want to find me, uh, I buried myself and all my gold on one piece. <laughs> all right the bell's going off i'm gonna dismiss the class right now all right i've been kyrie i've been jennifer i've been yeah fuck off (laughs) class dismissed